Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESO Amazon, or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Welcome to the Earth Station MCU Podcast, your home for all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, including Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, the Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, and so much more. Visit us at our Facebook group, Earth Station MCU, at earthstationmcu.wordpress.com, or email us at earthstationmcu at gmail.com. Hello, Marvel Universe, and welcome back to another episode of Earth Station MCU. My name is Jennifer Hartshorn, and we have got a whole bunch of good stuff coming up. We've got uh, some speculation on Soul Stones and uh, some stuff about uh, Black Panther, and we've got two new series that are on the horizon. Um, Actually, we have more than that, but two that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, plus two excellent episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to talk about. So without further ado, I would like to welcome back my co-host, John Raven. Hello, 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 and welcome to all football fans everywhere. Oh, wait, this is for Marvel. Uh, anyway, hey. but let me preface that by just saying, um, you know, uh, go go Falcons. <laughs> yes. I understand this is, this is going to reach you after the Super Bowl, so let me also say... Um, Curse you, Tom Brady. Yes, yes, that is that is a uh, be, being from Atlanta. Well, being a current resident of Atlanta, uh, I, I, am, I am definitely in Falcons country. But being originally from New Hampshire, uh, which of course has no sports teams of its own, we always root for the Patriots. So I'm, See, I'm kind in of South Carolina. Like we're limited. What are our choices here? If you're closer to Georgia, you go for the Falcons. If mm-hmm. you're closer to Charlotte, you go for the Panthers. Right. I, right. I meanwhile, am a Giants fan. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> well, uh, there, there, to to put a Marvel spin on it, there have been a bunch of uh, good memes and whatnot going around of, uh, of course, uh, Sam, who is the Falcon, going up against Cap, who is uh, Captain America. Although every time that comes up, I, I have to be the uh, whiny pedant and say, yeah, but it should be Jeffrey Mace. Well, and uh, I mean, Chris, uh, Chris, of course, himself is from uh, is from Massachusetts mm-hmm. and is a diehard uh, Patriots fan. So, you know, he's probably there in Houston today. And you remember, I think it was uh, maybe like a couple years ago or something, or last year, a couple years ago, his bet with Chris Pratt. Yeah, I was going to say, because Chris Pratt's from Seattle, right? Or at least was, was, was working for the Seahawks. Or at least he's a, he's a major Seahawks fan, gotcha. even if he's not originally from there. Fair enough, fair enough. But then I, I remember, they, yeah, because they, they ended up going to children's hospitals, and it was all, all very cool with the costumes and everything. So Yeah, they went to each other's ones as uh, in, their, in their outfits, whoever, whoever's like, city it was, the mm-hmm. other guy dressed up. That's pretty cool. 
but yes, this this will be coming out a little bit afterwards, but uh, but hopefully not not too far ap- afterwards. Right. All right. So um, we've got a number of things going on. One of uh, one of the things that we've seen come out newswise in the last uh, couple of weeks is some stuff about Hulu's. Runaways series, which is um, which we're just mm-hmm. starting to find out stuff about. What can you tell us about Runaways in general in the comics? Well, in the comics, um, Runaways was a, was a story involving these children who are they're all friends. Their parents are friends, mm-hmm. and then Whammo suddenly the kids discover that their parents are actually supervillains. Okay. So rather than, you know, decide to become evil themselves or be raised to be evil, they decide to run away from home and end up battling their parents, who, of course, are are looking to get them back and make sure that they don't tell anybody who they mm-hmm. really are. So do they have superpowers themselves, or or what's what's their deal? Yeah, um, actually, a good bit of them do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's one who's a mutant, one whose parents are actually aliens. Uh, uh-huh. There's a couple of sorcerers, um, and it'll be interesting to see if in the in the Netflix series because one of them um, was actually one of the parents was actually in Doctor Strange. Right. Um, and what um, was her name? T- uh, Nico or no wait. Uh, yeah, I think it was. I can't remember which one's the mom and which one's the daughter, but it's either Nico or Tina Minoru. I think it's Tina. I, yeah, I yeah. think that, I think I remember. Uh, I remember you okay, mentioning yeah. that back then. Because um, Nico then is the is the daughter, and mm-hmm. um, she actually like in Doctor Strange, uh, Tina grabs a staff that looks like the one that Nico uses in the comics. Right. Right. Yes. And I just I just found it in the article. Yes, Nico Minoru. Um, very cool. Yeah, they've got you know the 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 usual. Um, you know, very WB sounding sounding kind of cast. They're uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know all all super attractive and young yeah. and hip and everything. The, so the young, attractive, non-threatening cast of a CW show. Indeed, indeed. Quote from <laughs> uh, from Supergirl there. Right. But uh, but yeah, you know we've we've got things like uh, you know somebody who was in Teen Wolf, somebody who was yeah. in uh, One Day at a Time, a hundred things to do before high school. So uh, so. Yeah, it, uh, it like, I bought, like... like I went through the list of all the cats, and I, I've watched none of these shows. Right, exactly. I, I have. I did see Teen Wolf a couple of episodes because everyone was raving about it. But uh, but anyway, um, it sounds like they, you know, they've got a, a good, experienced cast and everything. And um, you know, this will be the first Hulu show for Marvel. But uh, I, mm-hmm. I think that. Uh, they're not necessarily. It's not necessarily a bad plan to spread it across different uh, different networks and whatnot. And I don't really. I haven't gotten a sense for what Hulu's style is. You know, like like with uh, like with Netflix. At least you know the the first few things that came out that were well known on Netflix were things like uh, House of Cards, and it was you know pretty pretty dark mature stuff. Um, I don't know right. if if uh, if Hulu is going to be going for a, a lighter route or a different audience, but uh, I guess we'll I mean, see. I, yeah, I mean, I just got Hulu myself, um, and I'm still trying to like figure it out, and I haven't really watched any of the original series, so mm-hmm. whenever Runaways comes out, it'll be the first. Yeah. 
so that will be uh, that will definitely be interesting to see where they uh, where they choose to take that. Um, the other series that uh, that we've been seeing some stuff about um, is of course Cloak and Dagger, and that's another uh, one that is focused on younger characters. Right. And uh, I don't know I don't know the guy playing uh, Cloak, but I'm mm-hmm. um, familiar with slightly familiar with Dagger's actress uh, mm-hmm. Olivia Holt, who mm-hmm. is. Uh, She's one of these. She's one of these Disney Channel kids, and right. um, she, like, in the uh, Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, whenever they did the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. she was the. Uh, she was basically like Spider Woman oh, in cool. another alternate reality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I, I, there was a, a bit of a bit, bit of hate online for the fact that she is a, a Disney actress, but. You know, I, I don't I don't necessarily knock people that, that have done a lot of Disney shows because honestly, yeah. you know, D- D- Disney does stuff that is tremendously popular. It's it's not mm-hmm. necessarily you know high art. It's they're not necessarily getting the the most challenging acting material that that you'll ever get. But at the same yeah. time, you know, they're they're not going to cast people who don't have talent and. <laughs> And it's not like we haven't seen people from Disney ever make the transition to adult stardom anywhere. Right, of course. Uh, Half the Mickey Mouse Club, for example. Right, Um, and, and, you know, it's... You know, th- th- there have certainly been some spectacular uh, crash and burns as well, Lindsay yeah. Lohan. But um, but but that doesn't mean Shia LaBeouf is kind of on the uh, is kind of on the razor there. Right, right. Um, but but they are certain they're not people that are that are without talent. They they may have uh, have other issues, but you know, people who are are very successful, very young, often do end up with with lots of issues. So uh, it's it's neat to see how the uh, how the casting is show, show, it's neat to see how the casting is shaping up for each of these. They've got mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know obviously they're they're making some good progress. Um, a number of people have uh, and I think we've talked about it a little bit on here about the fact that Cloak and Dagger is going to be on Freeform, which is uh, the right. the new name for the uh, Disney Family Channel. Yes. Do you think that that's a good match in terms of the uh, the audience and the subject matter? You know, honestly, I wouldn't really think so. Um, the The original idea behind Cloak and Dagger is that there were a couple of teenage runaways who get their powers basically from drugs. Okay. Um, they're not not that they chose to do drugs, mind you, but basically that they were per, they were experimented on. Oh, okay. Uh, not so and, not not from drugs like like doing crack in a back alley, but Well, they were they were it was basically like um you know, like experimental crack or something that just oh. gave, happened to give them powers and you know, they decided that they they were better off like sticking together. Okay. And uh they they almost have something of a symbiotic relationship in the mm-hmm. sense that um you know they help, they they very much help each other. They've been together for a long time as as runaways. There's not um, depending on who's writing them. There's mm-hmm. a romantic element, but it's not necessarily required. They're just they're two people who very much depend on one another, mm-hmm. and their powers are complementary in that sense. 
Right, yeah, because she's got she's got like uh, an offensive light dagger power, and he can yeah. sort of like envelop things in shadows. Yeah, and he can uh, he can also teleport as well. Okay, that's definitely like he, handy. You know, he, uh, if you remember the uh, was it the dark space or whatever whatever we called it. Um, oh, in uh, Agent Carter. In, in, in Agent Carter and in Agents of Shield. Right, right, it's right. something that his powers actually access. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So that will be neat to see if they uh, if they reference that at all. Although that's that's the one thing that that makes me a little bit sad about seeing stuff spread across so many different networks is that it 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 becomes more complicated when you've got different networks to tie things in because if it's you know mm-hmm. an intellectual property that's on a completely different network you know right. like like we saw um you know it was it was a it was really only because they were being produced by the same guy that we got any cross references between supergirl and uh and the rest of the Berlantiverse in terms of oh. the dc shows um and it's it's obviously something that has been very disappointing to to us as well as I think most of the Marvel fandom to see so little um, crossover mm-hmm. between Shield and the Netflix series and everything. And I mean, especially with with Cloak and Dagger and Runaways, mm-hmm. it seems like th- these are characters that you know it would it would be great to be able to have a Defenders type uh, type team up kind of thing because they're all literally runaways and the same age and, you know, going through a lot of the same stuff. And the thing is, I mean, at least with Freeform, since that's under the ABC slash Disney Mm -hmm. umbrella, it is possible for uh, Cloak and Dagger to still exist in the same universe as Agents of Mm S.H.I.E.L.D. and as the the films. Mm -hmm. Well, here's here's hoping, because that's, uh, you know, I think that while... You know, it's it's good to establish all of these characters independently. You know, it's it's sort of like with the movies. You know, I'm glad that I'm glad that we have solo films for for Black Panther mm-hmm. and and uh, you know Stephen Strange and everybody else. But it's it's the team ups that are you know that, that are the the big the big events. Um, and that was you know one of the one of the founding principles of the MCU is it's all connected and of course we don't hear anyone saying that anymore because it feels like it no longer is all connected but uh, but there there are still there are still references here and there but uh, but it doesn't doesn't always necessarily feel like that so Anyway, we've got those coming up. Um, we mentioned uh, just in passing last time, we've also got um, Inhumans on the horizon. Uh, so we've got mm-hmm. we've got a lot of a lot of different things going on in in different sort of in different venues in different areas than we've uh, we've seen previously. So lots of stuff to look forward to. Absolutely. All right. So uh, there've been uh, with. Ramping up to the various movies that are coming out this year, we've had uh, some speculation on the remaining Infinity Stone because we've got um, only one left. Yes, yes, we've got. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to trying to uh, remember where everything is. So we've got uh, the Tesseract, uh, which mm-hmm. is uh, is that now? That was in Loki's staff, right? No, 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 no. That's right. Go ahead. 
Yeah, the Tesseract was the thing the MacGuffin everybody was fighting over in um, Captain America First Avenger right. and then Avengers. The Mind Stone was in Loki's staff, and then Ultron cracked that open and right. got placed into the Vision. Right, right. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was, I was mixing them up, but um, which is, which is funny because Loki's staff was blue and the Tesseract was blue, so I think that's where I was mentally jumbling. Yeah, and then when they crack it open, it's yellow. Right, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, that that doesn't make tons of sense. But, but the Tesseract was uh, when last seen, it was brought back to Asgard at the end of right. uh, of um, Avengers, and of course, yep. as you mentioned, the Mind Stone is in the middle of Vision's face. We've got yep. um, uh, Ether from uh, Thor the Dark World, right? which is, uh, as far as we know, even though after the explosion in Guardians, still in the keeping of the Collector. Right, right. And uh, also tied in with Guardians, we've got the Power Stone, which is with the Nova Corps. Yep. Um, and then, of course, in um, in Doctor Strange, we had the introduction yep. of the Time Stone. Indeed, which is full of full of the Groundhog Day cheat. Yep, and then part of is uh, part of the Eye of Agamotto. Indeed, indeed. So the one that we have left is the Soul Stone, um, and there's there's you know we've we've got a, an article linked on here of of different places where it could be. Of course, the mm-hmm. the movies that we have coming out prior to um, to Infinity War. We've got uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. We've yep. got Spider-Man, and we've got um, uh, the next Thor movie, uh, Ragnarok. And yes. so it makes sense that it's probably going to be in one of these movies, or they could technically leave it until Infinity War to reveal where it is. Um, All possible. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I don't think we're going to see it in Spider-Man: Homecoming. I agree. I agree. It just it just doesn't, you know, I, I guess it could be with, you know, a supervillain or something like that, but it just doesn't seem to have uh, have that epic feel that, that you would expect for something that's got uh, an Infinity Stone tied in with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a number of possibilities with, with Guardians of the Galaxy that we can we can speculate on. Of course, it's also possible that it's something that we have no idea going into it. Um, we do have a uh, character who is a planet, so so there's that, right? A living planet. Indeed, indeed. What what's so what's the deal with that? All right. Uh, so ego. Um, I won't bore you with his entire origin, but essentially sure. is a is a living planet. He is a planet with a big old face, <laughs> and uh, he goes around the universe um, doing whatever he pleases. Okay. And he's one of kind of these elder figures in, in the cosmic Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, the way they've described it almost seems like like they took a page from Christianity mm-hmm. in the sense of, like, Ego apparently can form himself into, uh, like, a humanoid and kind of go out into the world okay. um, and experience it that way as opposed to, you know, just floating around from <laughs> being you know, a planet system to system. Right. So, you know, there's a, there's a little bit more, of course, this would he, also, you know, wind itself to recommending that maybe, maybe, um, Star Wars is Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it I seemed know. like it's, you know, it's a, uh, you know, and, and 
like a uh, an incarnation of yeah. of the planet, which of course would make yeah, that's he's he's like space adventure Jesus. And well, of course, the uh, the ironic part of that is that um, in the comics, uh, Mantis is also known as the Celestial Madonna, ah. and she is supposed to give birth to the Celestial Messiah. Uh, who's supposed to bring peace to the galaxy, et cetera. Huh. Interesting. Okay, yeah. well, I, I do not anticipate uh, the MCU going in that direction with that. Probably uh, not. That's just, maybe that's just me, but that seems like uh, a level of controversy that they would not be interested in uh, in approaching. So, uh, so I don't necessarily see that happening. But uh, to get back to the point about uh, the Infinity Stones, uh, you know, ego having it or or something like that. You know, maybe the uh, mm-hmm. the Soul Stone being the the way that he uh, sort of incarnates, so to speak, uh, yeah. would would certainly make sense. Um, we've uh, we've got a number of uh, things going on. With Thor, of course, uh, there's um, we've got that uh, gladiatorial combat planet. Um, we've got uh, it. It seems to me like of the the characters that that we've talked about, um, and especially with it with it being literally Ragnarok, uh, it seems like something to do with uh, with uh, Hela or uh, or something to do with like the literal. Ragnarok part seems like it would make sense. It's certainly possible. I mean, I would think out of any any of the films coming up, if it's going to show up in one of them, it's either going to be in Ragnarok or it's going to be in Guardians Volume Two. Right. Um, because you know, I've been talking on here for months about how they keep dropping the hints that uh, the Adam Warlock is going to show up e- either in Guardians or by the time that we get to uh, by the time we get to Infinity Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, the soul stone being a—it's—it's it's kind of this living thing almost. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sentient. It, it hungers for the for souls. Um, It—it's kind of otherworldly. Uh, so it certainly seems like it could be likely that Halo would have it, or that would be in Hell. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we we won't really know for certain until we see it. Sure. Um, I had a feeling that it was going to definitely show up in Doctor Strange before they basically started giving off hints that the Eye of Agamotto was the time stone. Right. Instead. Right. Yeah. I mean, with with the the premise of of Ragnarok being you know the end of the world and and souls going to yes. hell and things like that, it, it seems the, the Soul Stone would definitely make sense. Um, of course, I. I mentioned the three that are coming out next year, but we also actually have one more film that is coming out uh, the same year as Infinity War, but before uh, Mm -hmm. it actually comes out, which is, of course, Black Panther. Um, And I guess I guess it could show up in there, too. Um, You know, it that doesn't seem to be the the feel that I've been getting from from the movie so far, but it's possible. I mean, there's speculation because uh, what we got from the synopsis was that something is going to threaten the world. Well, right. you know, Infinity Stones have the power to do that. Right, right, exactly. Um, my my assumption from from reading that was that it was going to be something to do with Ulysses Claw, but mm-hmm. um, but he's uh, well, actually, that's that's a good good question. Um, what is what is the deal with Ulysses Claw? What is you know why is he? It, it seems like for something to be able to threaten a guy who is 
you know, an unstoppable combat machine and a brilliant inventor and a king. <laughs> they got they got to have some major mojo behind them. So so in the comics, what uh, what is Ulysses Claw? How what makes him a threat? Well, uh, much like you, we saw him in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. He is very um, like his focus. It, is more in trying to get vibranium, which, mm-hmm. you know, the Wakandans don't really want to leave their c- country unless they say so. Right. Um, so that's, and that's why, like, one of the uh, the brand that he has on his neck is basically Wakandan for thief. Mm-hmm. Because he got busted stealing some. Right. Yeah, the the impression that I had from uh from Age of Ultron was that he was basically like an arms dealer almost. And um, he is. And you know, when you're looking at vibranium, you're looking at the most powerful metal in the MCU. Right. Right. It's, I mean, you unless know, we ever get the X-Men and Adamantium comes into play, and then there's a question of who wins. But Right. But but they're they're both – either either way, they're both incredibly rare and incredibly powerful. Yes. Um, so, uh, so yeah, um, it, it, it just – it it doesn't seem like it's, it's that kind of a movie that it would have, you know, that level of cosmic power. Uh, you know, on the other hand, who knows? You know, they have they've definitely surprised us and thrown us some curveballs. Uh, so it certainly could happen. But yes. um, any any other thoughts? Do you think they would they would hold off until uh, until the actual Infinity War, or do you think it's going to be something that ties in one of these other other movies? I mean, it could because the Infinity War. Uh, I mean. Kicking off searching for the Soul Stone would be the would be an inciting action for that film. Mm-hmm. Um, it could also be you know Thanos coming to Earth. We don't know yet. Um, mm-hmm. The only other thing I would say is that in Ragnarok, of course, part of the reason that Thor leaves at the end of Age of Ultron is mm-hmm. you know these stones keep coming to Earth. I want to find out what's going on here. Right. So you know that would that would certainly. Uh... Yeah, there's there's a number of things with that. You know, it it would make sense if he was the one to figure out where they were, um, since they've already seeded that, um, which would make it more likely that it's going to show up in his movie than Guardians. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the the uh, again, sort of flipping flipping through the uh, the uh, proposed locations for it um i don't think oscorp has it you know that i mean if anybody in the spideyverse was going to maybe but i don't think that's the direction that they're going with this one and i don't think howard the duck has it that's just maybe that's just me yeah if he has it, he doesn't know he has it and you know howard's not the type of duck who would be like oh yay this will be great. It's like, no, let me get rid of this. <laughs> right, right. This and is actu- a problem for me. <laughs> yes, yes. And actually, uh, go- going back to the the collector and and stuff that we saw in there, um, I I wanted to to bring up because um, we we had talked about this a little bit online. Um, there was there was some kind of a cocoon in that scene, and uh, a bunch of people I guess had speculated that it was Adam Warlock, but um, mm-hmm. I had I had missed it. Apparently, James Gunn had said categorically that it was not. New. Okay. It is not. Uh, he has said that that's just it's just one of those weird things they stuck in there because the speculation all came about, especially uh, when the whenever the movie came out, because there's there's so many Easter eggs that we see in there, right? From Cosmo to ha- Cosmo the dog to mm-hmm. Howard the duck, mm-hmm. um, 
we see the dark we see a dark elf we see mm-hmm. the little slug things from guns movie sliver right slither mm-hmm. uh, so it was there was plenty of reason to believe that it could be something but you know we no not so and much he's, he's definitely shot down mm-hmm. so if if Adam Warlock that that name has come up so much, uh, you know, when we were talking about, you know, Pip the Troll and and lots of other things as as being a character that is very big in uh, in Infinity War, do you think that we're going to end up seeing him beforehand, maybe in Guardians, or do you think that he's we're going to first run into him in Infinity War? With Adam, um, I don't know. Anything's possible. I mm-hmm. would say that. Um, even if he doesn't show up, it seems like Guardians is setting up for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, we've got uh, Kismet showing up, and she's a female version of Adam Warlock. Okay. So it seems to it seems to stand to reason that the male version, or the original version, wouldn't be that far behind her. Sure. And especially if we're going to see Pip in Infinity Wars, these are two characters who are almost been joined at the hip for a majority of their history. Mm-hmm. Any um, since since I don't know that much about the character, any uh, sort of fan casting ideas on who you think would be great to play him? Oh man, I couldn't <laughs> even begin to speculate with that. You know, okay. we had that rumor that Matthew McConaughey uh, might be involved in right. a Marvel role, but I just can't see. I can't see this voice coming out of uh, Adam Warlock. All right, guys, we got. We got Thanos coming here. He's got the Infinity Stones. <laughs> right. It, it just he's doesn't gonna, seem he's like he's going to destroy the destroy the universe. <laughs> yeah, that, that just seems like a, a bit of a style mismatch there. You know, obviously he can. You know, he's got range. He can do a number of things. But I, I just, I just don't see that happening. So uh... I love, I love girls from Set Alpha Five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that doesn't doesn't quite work for me. Um, all right, cool. Well, um, I guess that about wraps us up for news. Uh, so we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will be talking about two episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Hot Potato Soup, and Wake Up! The Avengers Assemble podcast from White Rocket Entertainment. Creator and fan interviews and discussion about Marvel's Avengers comics, movies, and everything else. From Van Allen Plexico and the Jarvis heads of AvengersAssemble.net, creators of the best selling assembled books and the most fanatical Avengers fans on the face of the earth. Welcome back, Marvel Universe. And now we are going to be talking about two episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We've got uh, uh, Wake Up and Hot Potato Soup. The the first one, uh, the, the wake up part being uh, presumably in reference to uh, Agent May, who is in uh, a, a artificially created mm-hmm. reality for much of the episode. Um, so... What what were your what were your thoughts on on that in general on uh, on the the various loops that she ends up in and whatnot? Well, it's kind of nice to f- see finally uh, when it was that she got abducted, right? Um, and replaced. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll leave that as as questionable or mm-hmm. ambiguous because oh well, that's not important. You know, this this matters that she has been captured, right? Um, and it does seem to get smarter every time because of course um, when 
Ada tries it the first time, it is uh, it's just the spa, which of course May immediately breaks out of because she recognizes. <laughs> Why would I ever go here? Right, exactly. And it it shows that um, you know I, I would think that the dark hole didn't really change Ada that much mm-hmm. um, because obviously she's she hasn't got dissensions or the kind of the capacity to think beyond her programming mm-hmm. because every time that it gets more sophisticated, it's because of Radcliffe. Right. Right. And Radcliffe assumes, well, of course, it, this didn't work. You put her into a peaceful scenario and May's a fighter, so she needs something to fight. Right. So then we get in the the uh, escape scenario, mm-hmm. which May gets further and further every time because she's able to to have trace amounts of her memory and advance through mm-hmm. it fast. Um, so then, of course, Radcliffe comes back and is like, oh, wait, I've got a different idea. The ultimate then, one, yes. Yeah, and then goes to, uh, you know, restructures her memories of Bahrain into the point where she succeeded in her mission and the kid wasn't crazy, super right. powerful. Right, yeah, and that's that... Uh... Uh, I, I've seen a number of people who commented, uh, you know, sort of like live live posting during the episode of, you know, like there was this one point where uh, May like knocks over something and is, you know, using a tiny piece of glass to cut through her restraints and everything, but she's mm-hmm. bleeding and Ada walks in and gets halfway over to her. And then turns back to talk to Radcliffe. And it's like, how do you not see that, like, she's bleeding all over the place? Are you stupid? Well, yeah. no, it's because it's it's a it's a fake out. It's, you know, it's just May's, uh, May's uh, re- um, not recreation, but the, 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 the matrix that they've put her in, basically. Right. Or, you know, you've got um, every time Ada drops the glass to begin with, right. she says, oops, not again. Oops, not again. Right, right. Which is which is kind of a kind of a clue for that. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's it was it was very clever and it you know, it makes sense that in and there's, you know, been a number of, of similar um science fiction things like that. You know, even even right down to the Matrix because, you know, they mention in the Matrix that, you know, the first time that they tried it, everybody was mm-hmm. completely happy and nobody believed it. You know, everybody rebelled against it because they couldn't believe that, you know, humans are not uh are are not set up to live in perfect peace and harmony. And and yeah. when they do, they go, There's something wrong. And with somebody like Melinda May, you know, she's She's set up to fight things. If there's nothing to fight, she's she's not gonna feel like it's real. Yeah. So ultimately, Radcliffe takes away the reason behind why she fights so hard. Exactly. Exactly. So so that's that's uh that's very very clever on his part and uh, and an interesting thing. Of course, then we get to see that in uh <laughs> we get to see that in the following episode, um where uh where they end up um with Agent Koenig giving him a, a vision of having a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, they took my puppy oh, away. Uh, so that, that uh, just yeah. shows you how different people have, have different expectations of what they want to be doing with their lives. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that we had the, especially in Wake Up, that we had the, the red herring uh, of, oh, there's another LMD mm-hmm. stationed with S.H.I.E.L.D., and then we have Mac acting questionable and mysterious. Right, right. and I, I, I don't, I don't feel like we can, we can a hundred percent rule that out as a possibility. 
Um, it was it was definitely I think a we weird... can now. <laughs> I mean, we found I mean we found out who the LMD actually is. What Radcliffe? Yeah. Yeah, but but he well. I, I guess I guess that's possible. And he gave the explanation to Elaine at the end of the episode. It's like, this is the anniversary of my kid dying, and I, you know, console right. my ex-wife over it, and I take a personal day. And right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's 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 yeah. It it's plausible. I just uh, I, I guess part of it is that I'm just very not interested in in. Um, people's like personal life subplots most of the time and so i was like no nah, it's got to be something more interesting no than they've got to be shield agents all the time and they're not allowed to have any backstory i know i know but it was it was just you know and and like his relationship with yo-yo just just is not doing it for me i mean it just does, doesn't seem that interesting compared to other things going on in the show but you know who knows who knows what will happen with it so it could be interesting um so that the 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 thing of there being another uh another lmd mm-hmm. um so when they get betrayed uh when, when they go to infiltrate nadir's office while she's uh uh doing the the swearing in with with daisy mm-hmm. um they somebody somebody obviously tipped them off and of course the what i assumed the first time that i watched it was oh well it must have been because they had the ada head and she was turned on and so she witnessed yeah, which it which is but, what um which is what simmons figures that's what simmons figures but according to fitz he didn't have any idea that that was going on, and so he couldn't. It, it couldn't have been. It couldn't mm-hmm. have come from the Ada head if it was never discussed in front of her. Yeah, not to mention, except for you know, scaring that one uh, assassin guy. The Ada head's pretty much been kept in a box. Pretty much, pretty much. So, I don't think we. I, I think we still don't know who the leak is, right? Well, I'm, the leak we know, I believe, is Radcliffe now. But but did Radcliffe? End, Radcliffe didn't know that, that they were going to be. Uh, going into Nadir's office, did did he? I think he might have known something. Okay. And you know, especially it kind of confirms it when we see Nadir and uh, Radcliffe meeting at the end of the episode. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, that they're in cahoots together. But I didn't <laughs> think he knew that they were going to go in and bug uh, Nadir's office during that, because you know they they even they even make a a, a big deal out of you know when when Coulson's accusing Talbot. Of saying, yeah. um, you know, you were one of the only people who knew, um, and uh, and so yeah, and so yeah. I mean, we're we're all kind of you know predisposed to dislike Talbot, um, mm-hmm. but but he does make the very good point that you know he he was he backed up Phil when nobody else did, so so there is that. Yeah, and I mean, I think they just leave it to us to uh, to naturally assume that. That's how they found out was somehow mm-hmm. Radcliffe's LMD was able to tell them and thus give, yeah. give up the whole operation. Yeah, I, I just uh, like I said, I just kind of feel like right now there uh, there isn't they, they didn't they didn't spell it out for us and so or if they did I I guess I missed mm-hmm. it so uh, because because the the assumption like I said the assumption was that it was the Ada head that had told them and. It seems like they've been trying to keep Radcliffe out of anything, you know, remotely um, secret, uh, because they they felt like he was, you know, 
he was he was sketchy even before they figured out that he was uh, a bot. But yeah, and you don't really let the new guy in on everything. Right, right. I mean, for for that matter, when Daisy first came on board, they mm-hmm. weren't telling her everything. So, uh, and they they had they 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 didn't have uh, as much of a reason to distrust her as they did somebody who made a murder bot. So, <laughs> hey, a um, team that trusts. <laughs> yeah, it's a team that triumphs. Exactly. Um, so, so we don't, you know, obviously Radcliffe is in there. One thing that, that I thought was interesting that I went out and was, uh, looking online to see if anyone commented on, and this is, Mm -hmm. this is jumping ahead to the second episode, but, um, at one point when Fitz is trying to figure out, uh, the Radcliffe bots programming, he comments on the fact that it is like infinitely more complex than Ada's was. Uh, and when they crack open his skull, they find out that it's he has a magic brain, basically. Yeah, it's, it's a big glowing brain that Ada was building. Right. And, but interestingly, there's a point where he starts spouting off Latin. And I thought, okay, well, there's got to be some nerd out there who's who wrote it down and translated it, because there's, you mm-hmm. know, plenty of people that know Latin. But I didn't find it anywhere. So if, if any of you guys out there listening uh, translated the Latin, I'd be curious to know what it was what was said because um, I, I forget who was it that I'm trying to think what what language different people have have seen uh, seen the because because it's who you know whatever the the language they're most comfortable with is is the the language that the um, the dark hold appears in so like it showed up in binary mm-hmm. for ada but um that, that that definitely seemed like a magic spell kind of thing that was going on before he disconnected him so i thought that was just an interesting yeah, or thing some kind of exorcist position right stuff. yeah i mean I've, I've watched i've watched enough uh, supernatural that that i can say it wasn't any of the traditional exorcism spells but um but yeah so um so let's see other things going on. Um, obviously, we we've got uh, the the uh, Philin, the Philinda ship stuff heating up here. Um, what do you? Yeah, think- especially when May uh, figures out that she's an LMD, and uh, Brad goes like, "Well, why don't you just go after your heart's desire? You don't have to be tied down to to May's memories and problems." Right. And- but you know, even you know she. She's she's aware of it at that point, but there's there's mm-hmm. a point where they almost kiss right before they go in to to get the dark hold. Um, what do you think is going to happen when when regular May gets back? Do you do you think that that that's going to be like the end of there being any possibility for them having a relationship because May's going to be so freaked out or or what? You know, I think it's going to reset everything back to back to the way it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, this is it's a normal. Um, I want to say weed and tactic of you know a fake out relationship. Right, right. It's it's kind of a kind of a trope. You know the I, the thing that it keeps reminding me of is um, in uh, in Fringe where they had the uh, you know uh, duplicates from another parallel universe, mm-hmm. and you know two people would hook up only to find out ah oh, that wasn't my world's version of this person, uh, and then it it gets really awkward when they're they're. Uh, their regular person gets back. Yeah, so, or uh, if you saw Eureka, whenever the timeline gets reset. Right, right, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, I'm. I, I predict we will get a kiss before uh, 
before it. Well, actually, no. They they know at this point, don't they? Yeah, that's right. Because she uh, she uh, pulled a gun on Coulson at the end of uh, the episode. So and they they're aware that she's mm-hmm. an LMD now. So yeah, and she's kind of shut down at the end of right. Uh, at the end of the second one. That was super creepy, where they, they've got, like, a crematorium that has a giant window in it, so you can watch or something. Yeah. That was really creepy when they showed Ada and uh, and Radcliffe getting well, I guess you gotta, Well, I guess you gotta make, uh, you gotta make some things, you know, make sure that some things are gone for good. I, I guess. It's, it just, you know... In an oven, you you need to have you know so you can check to see if your cupcakes are done. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I thought that was that was kind of uh, kind of creepy. Um, so of course we need to talk about the Koenigs, and it was awesome to have them <laughs> back. I I love uh, Patton Oswalt to bits. I I you know follow him online, and he is just such a such a brilliant sharp guy, and and he has been so much in the last been through so much in the last couple of years uh so i'm i'm glad to see him doing something that at least looks fun um and of course i i had to wonder i mean i guess Mm -hmm. it's entirely possible that the writers you know just just know him really well but there there was so much of his dialogue that made me think i wonder if this was just you know sort of done off the cuff especially his little stand-up bit well, yeah, I mean, because of course that's the uh, the background that Patton Oswalt comes from. So right. being able to do some stand up, certainly not out of the question for him. Um, I did love the twist, and I, I kind of saw it coming that LT was going to be um, was going to be the sister. The sister, yeah. Because mm-hmm. we we knew that um, she like we knew that there was a sister. Right, and, and in she fact, was the I only think one that we hadn't seen. Exactly, I think you and I had 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 mentioned uh, the idea of Patton Oswalt in drag was. While funny was probably not something that they were going to do. Yeah, so of course they bring in a new actress, and she was—I I, I really enjoyed her. I, yeah, I enjoyed the fact that she was kind of uh, almost like a bully to her her younger brothers. Right, right. And she got she seems to take delight in the fact that she made all the other Kenix cry. I know what a terrible person. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, and it was it was fun seeing. Um, gosh, was it was it Thurston? Is that what the mm-hmm. uh, the the the, yeah, Thurston the, was the uh, the was the comic or, right. or whatever. Right, and you know they they had another you know interesting fake out conversation about uh, she made something some comment about uh, uh, about there being enough genetic material in the laundry to to clone somebody, and I think it was Daisy goes oh cloning really, and then um, they uh, they brought up um, the fact that uh, they had been in on the LMD program and of course everyone assumed that mm-hmm. they were LMDs but now they're like no we're technicians yeah no we we helped to develop the early LMDs right so I mean and then the program got canceled so we never actually made one right so are they identical quadruplets and yeah, it's what's not be the case yeah I mean I I guess so I guess you know it's it's you know it, it would it would be a a funny thing to to say no they're not clones and they're not lmds and there's not anything you know uh mm-hmm. you know supernatural or, or or technological going on but uh i don't know it just it just was was a it was a fun little little fake out thing and they they haven't they, they've definitively said that they're not um not lmds but they could still be clones i guess <laughs> 
but uh, but we uh, shall see. Yeah. I mean, I doubt it at this point. I'm I'm pretty much going to stick with the identical quadruplets thing because mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that is funnier. And of course, they seem to have fun with it as well, making jokes. Um, and making people question if they are or not. Right, right. There were there were a couple of of ridiculous things of you know I don't know who this guy is. I've never seen him before in my life. Yeah, and it works when you um, when you need to pass around something like the dark hole to have right. identical versions of yourself. Right. That's that's so that's they, definitely a good uh, a good tactic. They know it's with a guy who looks like you, but they don't know if it's with you. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Um, have you ever seen, uh, I think it was on Parks and Rec, uh, Patton Oswalt did a, uh, um, uh, a guest appearance and yes. they had him ad-lib the Star Wars rant? Yeah, it was the, uh, the, the, that, what's it called? Um, I don't know. I'm sorry, I'm trying to think of the political term for it. The, uh, the, a yeah, filibuster. the Chewbacca filibuster. That's right. That's right. He did the the, the Chewbacca filibuster for that. Uh, so so that was that was part of the reason why I thought I, I wondered if the uh, um, if if some of his stuff was uh, was off the cuff. But but yeah, they um, he, he he's just such a fun character, and I was I was so glad to to get to have him back for this episode. Um, so another thing going on um, to to tie in with him is he gets captured, of course, by Nadir and uh, and Radcliffe. Mm-hmm. Which again, what a sneaky bastard! You know, trying to do the "I'm a fellow prisoner, you can talk to me" thing. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we do get to find out who the superior is finally in this one. And although it's kind of a, I felt it was a little bit of a letdown. I, I agree. Um, you know, it. I, I was I was expecting more of a supervillain and not just a you know a beefy guy. Yeah, um, but uh, it's a ex-KGB Russian guy who just doesn't like space or inhumans or aliens or anything of that nature. Right, but he's fabulously wealthy and owns a, an old submarine and yeah. and stuff like that. So, you know, but, you know, as as we've been saying, we've been dealing with layers within layers of fake-outs and, you know, mm-hmm. um, and deceptions and stuff. So, you know, maybe maybe there's there's somebody even behind him, but I guess we'll see. Who knows? Who knows, indeed. Um, and then finally, I, I think uh, it will, for, for all of my, my statements about being uninterested in people's backstories and stuff, uh, I thought the the, the attempted um, emotional uh, manipulation of Fitz by Radcliffe talking about his father was mm-hmm. a little bit interesting. Um, Fitz, uh, it's, again, it's... I'm, I'm, I'm starting to doubt myself because in, in looking up uh, a little bit of research for this, I saw a number of people say that Fitz means son of. I had always heard that Fitz means bastard of, specifically. Um, well, yes to both of those. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, because, a bastard is a son of, yeah, but... Yeah, and it was typically the the surname given to... Um, you Bastards know, to of the King. Bastard children of the King, yeah. Right, Fitzroy. Um, Roy being uh, being French for for king, and so Fitzroy was was bastards of the king. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something that I've always wondered about. If there was, you know, it's sort of like you know Darth Vader. It's like, oh, it's father. I wonder if this is going to be relevant. So I've always wondered if if the Fitz part was going to end up being being relevant for that. Um, 
so I guess it's time for us to do ratings. Do we uh, split these up or do them together? I think they're very linked together, so I, I'm fine doing them together. All right. Um, I want to say a 3.5 for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were moments that were really great, and I really liked the advancement of May's storyline mm-hmm. um, and LMD May's storyline mm-hmm. uh, as well. Uh, but, you know, the the finding out who the superior was, like I said, was a letdown. Mm-hmm. Um, the... As much as I enjoyed getting Max backstory, it seemed a little forced. Like it was, it was in the story specifically to make us think that he was the LMD, mm-hmm. and it it definitely came across as such. So it didn't really uh, surprise me. Yeah, um, I'm I, I'm kind of feeling the same way. Um, I, I felt like the story that we had was very good, but I felt like we had a lot of stuff that felt like filler. It it wasn't that it wasn't entertaining filler. It was, you know, because like, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting a few minutes worth of of stand up from from Patton Oswalt and stuff is is fun. And you know, like all the the various layers of of May's um, sort of matrix there. Mm-hmm. Um, while it didn't advance the story at all, it was still interesting. But um, it it just it felt like there was there were a number of things that just felt like filler that they weren't. They weren't really uh, telling us, and and the the whole thing with with Mac again, you know, if it's for the purposes of, of fake out or or whatever, it just didn't seem necessary to the story. Um, so my my gut feeling is, if I were going to if I were going to do these together, I would I would give it a, a three point five. Although um, if I was splitting them up for the second one, I would actually bump it up to a, a, a four uh, a four simply because I just like seeing Pat Oswalt, and I think he's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I, if I had to be objective and uh, keep them together, uh, I, I'll go with a 3.5. Uh, because, you know, and and it's not that there hasn't been a lot of forward motion on plot. Mm-hmm. There, there, there has. We've got, you know, we've gotten the dark hold into Radcliffe's hands, and, and Lord only knows what's what's going to happen and how he's going to go crazy and and what's going to happen with that. Um, yeah, and how the Superior wants to use it to wipe out the Inhumans. Right, um, and I, I think Radcliffe is is not necessarily interested in uh, in, in that particular agenda, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I also think that, uh, that the Superior and Nadir and everything have uh, superior firepower over him. Um, so we will we will see how they end up dealing with that. Um I'm trying to think. They they had talked about there being um, a uh, like that this was going to be half a season, and then the the second half was going to be mm-hmm. uh, another plot line. So it seems like if they're going to break it, it's going to have to be in March, which means we don't have that many more weeks before this is probably going to get wrapped up. So uh, it will be interesting to see what they what they end yeah. up doing with it. And it'll be interesting, I think, to see if this ends up somehow tying into the Inhuman series that's going to be coming next fall. Right. Um, yeah, there's there's so much that is still uh, still not known about that and what they're uh, what they're doing with that. We don't we don't know how much our Inhumans and their Inhumans are going to tie in together. So that will definitely uh, mm-hmm. be interesting to see. All right. Well, I guess that is it for this week. Um, We will be back uh, again. As we mentioned, we are doing two episodes at a time, so we will be back in two weeks' time. And Mm -hmm. until then, 
we will see you later. It's my creation from my heart and from my head. Why don't people understand my intentions? You've been listening to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast that explores the many worlds of all things geek. Please write us at esopodcast at gmail.com or call us at 404-963-9057. And if we find what you say interesting, we'll put it up on the air. If you've enjoyed our show, please rate us or leave feedback for us up on iTunes. And while you're there, subscribe to our show or any of the ESO Network podcasts. We can also be found up on Stitcher Radio or wherever fine podcasts are found. ESO is also available up on most social media sites like Facebook, Twitter, and so many more. The show is brought to you by the fine folks at the ESOAmazon.com e-store, where right from our website you can find all kind of geeky goodness. And if you get something up there, you also help support the station. ESO also has a Zazzle store to buy cool ESO merchandise and such. Show your ESO love with something from Zazzle. To learn more about ESO, our website is ESOPodcast.com. The show is produced by Calico Productions. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you here next time on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace.